Hey guys, and welcome to The One Up Project. We're simplifying all things finance and lifestyle in a relaxed environment. It's all just a bit of fun, so be sure to keep listening and let the content be a catalyst for your own self-improvement. Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of the One Up Project podcast. Um, You guys know I've obviously had many amazing people on this podcast but I have to say I am truly fangirling just a bit right now. I'm feeling super excited to have Alexis Fernandez on the podcast. How are you? I'm really good. I'm actually so pumped to be here. (laughs) Feels like I'm in New Zealand. I was supposed to go to New Zealand a few months ago. So this is the closest thing. Oh, no. For those of you who don't know Alexis, she hosts one of my favorite podcasts, which is Do Fucking Mind, Um, is also an author and just an all-round personal growth queen and machine. (laughs) Um, I just wanted to thank you so much for your time again. And like the fact that you're even here really does speak to your generosity and your lovely nature. So um, thank you. And no, of course. I'm thrilled to be here. For those of you who may not have listened yet, Alexis, could you sum up to them um, what Do You Fucking Mind kind of is in a sentence or two? Yeah. So it's basically a podcast to help people change their relationships with themselves and with their brains. Um, it's turning the concept that you're kind of a victim to your brain and the way you think and turning it around to realizing that there's so much you can do within your patterns, habits and behaviors um, that can turn your brain into your ally, basically. Yeah, I love the approach to it because it it's less and it, I think it's really going to be dependent on the person as well but I love the less kind of like airy fairy more factual based approach to it because it makes you feel like yeah. you can practically apply it then and there and like you can totally. do it yeah and and there's sometimes the most basic things and I think people think no no tell me more though like there's got to be yeah. more behind it but a lot of the time it's quite basic and it's all about how you know a thought is a chemical at the end of the day it's chemicals and electrical impulses so whether you're taking a chemical substance or whether you're thinking something you're going to have a chemical reaction within the brain so if you look at it that way there's so much you can do with your thoughts your behaviors if you can turn something into a habit then you can literally transform your life within months and then if you look like five years down the track you'll look back and be like mind blown with what you've achieved what you've put into place the person you've become just by these like tiny actions yeah absolutely it reminds me of something that you often say in your podcast is um something that fires together wires together yes yes sells that fire together, fire together. Exactly. <laughs> and my friends and I will like always say that if we're referring to one of your podcasts if we're like yeah. you know just keeping on with the behavior like well sells that fire together wire together so that's right hundred percent, hundred percent. And a lot of the time, like it's not even your fault. Like it's not someone's fault. A lot of the time it could be things you've absorbed growing yeah. up or you've, you've, you know, seen your parents do something or you were taught a certain thing or you were raised a certain way and you've unintentionally wired your brain to believe certain things, but it can, mm-hmm. it, it can be changed. And, uh, you know, you can be changing things in your brain up until the day you die. You know, it's, it's always remodeling itself, which is the cool thing. Yeah, totally. It's really cool. And I think it gives people a lot of hope that they can always change things regardless of what they've been through and for you like what's the main takeaway that you want everyone to have from your podcast when they listen to it I want people to realize that firstly you can start it does not matter where you begin it's never too late to make a change and even even the smallest change will make a difference I think a lot of people get stuck on comparing themselves with people around them where they are at what stage in their life. That's a really big one. And it's such a cock block to your own life because you could create everything you wanted in a much shorter time frame. but you might look around you and think, oh, that person's taken 10 years to get to where they are, haven't even begun, I might as well not bother. But then 
your journey could be completely different. And I think people are too scared to start because of the comparisons that they make with the people around themselves when starting is literally the hardest thing once you get the ball rolling once momentum is there it's it's almost I mean I wouldn't say effortless but like I say to people I've never worked so hard but I've never tried less you Mm -hmm. know it's this idea of once you get the ball rolling there's shit to do but it's not it doesn't feel like this strain or an effort or a grind it feels like you're in a a flow state and you can Mm -hmm. only reach that flow state if you start you know and I mean, you would know it as well when you start a podcast. When I started my podcast, I thought I have no idea what the second episode is going to be. But if I don't start, if I try and plan the next 10 in advance, then when will I bite the bullet and do it? So I bought a $100 mic, plugged it into GarageBand and I just went. And then it just flowed. It's amazing how it's just starting and it, it does fall into place. Yeah, absolutely. I can completely relate to that. And even in the sense when you're talking about um, financial literacy, which I talk a lot about on this podcast I always describe it like a bell curve in terms of getting started it's like you know get working your way up to that top is always the hardest most painful fucking part of the whole thing that's right once you kind of hit that you're sort of rolling down and it's it's all fine from there it's just actually getting to that point it is it is getting to that point and there's of course there's sacrifices you have to make there's certain things that you've got to do of course it's not Mm -hmm. like I definitely don't think it's an easy journey for, you know, to get somewhere in life. But you also want to experience those hurdles. You want to experience those hard times as well. I would never, as much as I don't like seeing people suffer, I would never wish it upon anyone to never experience heartbreak or to never experience consequences to their actions because that's where the growth happens. And as long as you can look at what you've done and think, right, how am I going to do this differently next time, then it's, it's never a waste, you know, so... It's about going through the hurdles, getting to that point that you were saying, like working through it, just picking yourself back up, getting there. And then once you get to that point where, you you know, that's the momentum, you can start rolling down the mountain, gaining speed, you know. Totally, totally. Mm. And has self-development and learning about the brain for you always been something that you were interested in or did you kind of develop that interest as you personally started to grow? A bit of both. Um, The brain was always an interest for me big time. And I probably since I was around 20 is when I really got interested in the brain more than ever, like really into it, studying it at uni. I did my undergrad in cognitive neuroscience, but, but my other passion was acting and performing and I loved being on a stage and I just loved entertaining. And so then I was, you know, teaching Pilates, got into the fitness industry because that was my like taste of entertainment where I could do that because acting died for me as a career. It was never going to happen. And so that was kind of my thing. And I was really enjoying it, traveling the world. And then that's when I started noticing a lot of personal growth. I had a lot of like personal things, you know, that didn't really work out for me, career things that didn't work out, um, relationships, big heartbreaks, things like that. And I felt like, wow, I'm in my late 20s. I don't have a cent to my name. What am I doing with my life? And so I started realizing, you know, piecing together, you know, pain and incredible experiences and how they both come together to make you the person that you're going to be and how you can actually really use those experiences. Like I I always laugh about it and think, thank God I had those really toxic relationships because I wouldn't have had the podcast now and I wouldn't have the career that I have today. So you can always, you can always kind of look at that because I think there was a few years in my twenties where I was feeling very hopeless. And I think hopelessness is one of the worst feelings to feel. I'd rather be angry than hopeless because hopeless, you're just, you're going nowhere. There's no momentum. There's nothing. Mm -hmm. And I felt, 
I wouldn't say depressed. I was very upset, like sad though in, in breakups and stuff. And I was like, how do you turn your life around? Like, what do you do? And I guess I worked it out out of trial and error. And I ended up through trial and error, figuring it out. And that's when I then decided I'm going to go back and do my master's because so much of this has got to do with thought patterns and behaviors. Like my undergrad taught me a lot, but I'm like, there's more to learn. So I went back and did my master's and that's when I got a way more in-depth understanding of more kind of like the ins and outs of like the communication between cells and the brains and how that translates over to your behavior. And then that translates over into your life experience and where you're headed. So yeah, it, in, in a nutshell, <laughs> to, to shorten the answer, yeah, it was a combination <laughs> of my own experiences and my passion for the brain. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think going back to what you were saying around, um, you know, you're grateful for those experiences because it kind of leads you to where you are supposed to be or whatever. Something I talk about often that I think is really valuable and a key to so much when it comes to personal growth is just understanding yourself, your values, mm. working out what it is you actually want and just what you value in life. Not necessarily the cliche conversation of like figure out who you are and your passions yeah. and all that kind of thing, but more just along the lines of like, what do you believe in? What do you value in, in life and kind of letting that guide you? And I think those experiences with relationships or whatever it is, they teach you so much about yourself that ends up just narrowing your view towards what you feel most aligned with anyway. That's right. Like sometimes you go through an experience and you think, wow, that was so mean what was done to me or that was so this, that was so that. But it it grows a passion inside you. You realise I don't ever want to have to deal with that again or I don't want you you stand for something. After something bad happens for you, you realise like I have something to stand for. I'm not going to put up with that again or I'm going to do something differently. So it does, figuring out what you don't want really helps push you to what you do want. And then you start, mm. like one of the best things for confidence is truly standing up for yourself for the first time and truly or deciding even if it's not out loud verbally but just making a decision in your head where you are defending yourself like Mm. putting yourself in a position where for the first time ever I'm going to say no to that or I'm going to say you know what I am done hanging out with that group I'm done with that group needing them to think I'm cool like it's such an effort and maybe they're just not my people maybe I need to turn my head and and open my eyes and realize that it's not all about these people's opinion or what these people want for me you know so much comes out of figuring out what you don't want as long as you can quickly veer it into what you do want you know you don't want to stay there for too long but it's very beneficial yeah exactly I guess putting yourself back in control of that situation um, Mm. as well and what in your opinion like are the defining qualities or traits of a person who feels fulfilled in life versus someone who doesn't Yeah. So I always like, I've got, I always go back to these like three main pillars of uh, self-love and happiness. And they are number one connection every day work towards feeling like a true connection. So that could either be with a person, but that would ideally be a phone call or a one-to-one conversation when you're not distracted. Uh, Or it could be a connection to nature. You could be, you know, no, but no distractions like meditating in the forest or walking on the beach with no music, just like a true, Mm. where you're really connected Uh, The second one is growth. You always want to be doing something towards growth every day. And it doesn't, this is the beauty of it. It doesn't have to be career growth. It doesn't have to be your big, you know, thing that you do with most of your time. It could be learning a language on the side where you're noticing little, you know, wins every day. Um, it's, it's the whole enjoyment of the growth process. So it could be something tiny. It could be, I want to learn to do the splits and I'm the most inflexible person in the world. And then in six months time, you're doing the splits. That kind of growth is really, really good for your, your, your happiness. And mm-hmm. then the other one is 
find a sense of purpose. And that could be, again, if, if like I always say to people, don't struggle if, with the idea of purpose because you can A, have many purposes in your life and that purpose can change within your life. So it's not about finding the purpose. I yeah. say to someone, if you have no idea what your purpose is, make it for the next seven days that you have to make three strangers a day smile. And I'm talking like a big smile. And it could just be like by staring in the face and smiling. It could be the person you buy the coffee off and say something so they interact and you snap them out of their mundane kind of job, whatever. And that alone, even if it's not your lifetime purpose, that purpose for seven days, you'll turn around after the seven days and be like, oh my God, I feel so fulfilled. That felt so good. Mm. And then you realize what it feels like to work towards even the smallest purpose. It really changes how you look at your day. You approach your day with meaning. Yeah, absolutely. I love that so much. I think um, I always hear this quote and I can't remember for the life of me who said it, but it's something around to, to create like trust with yourself. You need to create promises that you don't break. Like for example, yes. doing those little things, whether or not it's working towards the splits or just little goals like that are going to give you right. that sense of progress, but are also going to give you confidence in yourself because you can actually trust that you will stick to a goal or that you'll do something. Exactly. Like this idea of as, as long it's this idea of saying like, at least I won't let myself down. Like yeah. I will have my back on this and start small. Like I'm the biggest advocate for massive goals, for goals bigger than you can ever imagine. I'm huge on that. I like, I fully push that, but I always recommend that you start small just so you can prove to yourself, okay, I know I'm capable of consistency. Okay. I don't care if it's the smallest kind of consistency. Like I will definitely wake up without snoozing my alarm. That could, that could be enough for the next month. If you can prove to yourself that you can wake up without snoozing your alarm, you'll be amazed at at how much your mind starts to expand on what else you're capable of doing. You think, wait a minute, if I can stick to my guns and just do this thing for 30 days, what else could I be doing? And it starts to snowball very, very, very quickly. It's mm. not like, oh, okay, it's 30 days doing this and then 30 days. It's compounding the stuff that you can do and, and your creativity for what you're capable of starts to grow and grow. So it's, it is, it's that integrity with, within yourself. Definitely. And like the building on those habits or those previous behaviors as well. And I think so many of us look to you for so much inspiration through your podcast or Thank things you. you say through your book, etc. But for you yourself, who or what do you turn to for when looking for inspiration? Um, definitely. My sister's a huge one, actually. My sister's a big, big source of inspiration for me. We bounce off each other quite a lot. She's just somebody, I think the thing that I've always admired the most about her is that she's somebody that no matter who she's around, no matter what she's doing, she's always herself. She is the exact mm -hmm. same person, no matter who she's dealing with. And that is such a rare trait. And I've always looked up to her for that. And I've always really respected it. Even in high school, like she's, she was born with it. She didn't have to learn it. And she's just, a lot of people learn it and then embrace it and then realize how good it is. But I always saw that and I thought, oh my, like she was such an individual, always wore like the baggiest, hectic, like tomboy clothes <laughs> growing up. And my mum was always like, you do you, I'll dress you guys however you want to be dressed, but which was really great. But she has this, you know, it doesn't matter who she's around, she is the same person. And then separate to that, she's also the most driven person, but with internal um, things she doesn't for example like intrinsic motivation versus extrinsic mm -hmm. I've learned a lot from her with that kind of motivation she used to because she's an athlete so she would talk 
about, you know, wanting the gold, wanting the win. And then she realized that she put so much pressure on these external goals that ultimately she can't control. Yes, she can train really hard, but she can't control how the other person's training in the race, you know. So she says she changed from having these external goals to making them internal goals. Like how good can I focus on training this aspect or how good can I, you know, be with my, you know, accountability with myself, with my consistency, all of that. And then she started feeling really good in the process and it was no longer about the win. And then ironically, that's when she started doing better. You know, she started enjoying the journey, succeeding more when she turned the focus around from that external goal that she ultimately can't control to just what she's doing, you know? And so, yeah, she's probably the person I look up to the most, definitely. Mm, Yeah, I I think that pure authenticity in a person is super rare and, like, Mm. I can think of a few people who I look up to now that are the same way and it's just always um, a huge source of inspiration to think, like, why do I not do the same thing or how can I be more like that? But it's good that you ask yourselves the questions. I think that if you can be someone, it's it's really good that you do that because if the, the, on the flip side of that is someone thinking like, oh, how do they, why do they have that? Why don't I? You know, the difference mm-hmm. in the mentality is like, what are they doing differently and what can I apply? What can I learn from this person? Yeah. And that's where you start to really grow as a person. I think there's a there's a big difference between being like, I wish I had what they had versus what can I learn from you? You know, you, st- you take away that competition, you take away any kind of envy or jealousy and you turn it into, you could be my ally, you could teach me so much, I could learn from you. Um, mm. It kind of drops those barriers down and just the process alone helps you become more comfortable in your own skin because for me that's like the ultimate goal the ultimate goal to just be comfortable in my skin no matter who I'm around it's you know and I'm I feel I'm nearly there but I'm sure there's definitely moments where I'm not and I'm you're always working on it and it's that self-awareness that helps you Mm -hmm. get closer to it and just ultimately realizing that no matter what there are going to be people that like you and there are going to be people that are like "Mm, not not my not my vibe. And, and yeah. you just got to accept that. And if you expect it, like not expect the worst, but if you just expect that the reality of life is some yeah. people are going to adore you, some people not so much, then you're not that hurt or shocked when you find out that someone has said something or doesn't like what you're wearing. You think, yeah, fine, fine. And you just move on, you know? Yeah, completely. I guess it's taking away the personal power out of it. Then you're thinking, well, this is just a part of the statistic. Like I knew there were going to be some people who weren't going to like it and some people who are. So it's not a personal thing. And then, and exactly, exactly what you're saying, take away the personal thing. Cause I even think of myself, I mean, I I watch what I say a lot more now in the last few years, but I even think of Mm -hmm. even younger where you'd make a comment about someone in your group of friends or where you'd make a comment about a stranger and it wasn't the nicest thing. But the funny thing is so many people make comments about it and they even like the person, like people throw judgmental comments all the time. They, someone might've said something about your outfit, but they might actually just adore you, but they're just having a catty moment where they've just thrown a line out there. You know, it's this idea of like, let's take the intensity down. Even Mm. if someone didn't say something so nice, they might actually still adore you, but they're just caught up in that kind of like, I don't know, you know, like bitching behind someone's back and, but they might still actually love you. You know what I mean? So it's, it's this idea of like, you said what you said, I wasn't there. I shouldn't even care about what's being said behind my back. I'm, you know, I still like you. If you don't like me, that's too sad. Move on, you know? And to me, it's allowed me to 
to not get so attached with what people have said and not think that, not think, oh, you've said a bad thing about me, you must hate me. I don't think that at all now. I think you said a bad thing about me, you must have not liked that one thing I did or you must have not liked that one. Like don't make universal statements. Don't take one action and 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 say, okay, that's what you, that's how you feel about me as a human being, you know? Yeah, and I think so often also we can bring it back to like our part that we potentially played in this person's opinion of us when it's like we haven't even acknowledged that there's probably a whole thing on their side that's going on that we don't even know like what's happening on their end whether it's as little as a bad day or as extreme as some deep-rooted personal issues that they've got themselves so you kind of forget about that side of things definitely and a lot of people will say comments that are you know critical about someone else just to be liked you know they might Mm. not even mean it a lot of people in their quest to be accepted feel that it might be funny to throw something out there or funny to say something that maybe wasn't the nicest thing a lot of the time people get wrapped up in being offended by what someone said but exactly what you said the meaning behind it could be so vastly different to how you're interpreting it so it's better to not interpret it at all just yeah. like just let it sit <laughs> yeah exactly exactly I think another common feeling in holding people back is that feeling of like that not being enough right which I suppose comes mm. from a lot of comparison if you were to give someone the starting I guess first steps to remove themselves from that kind of mindset, what would you say? Firstly, look at who you're comparing yourself to. That's a really big one because if you can look at who you're comparing yourself to, a lot of the time it's either someone that ultimately you really wish your life was similar to but you just don't think you have the capabilities of being that way. So instead of looking at them as a mentor or or someone to look up to, you think I'm not enough. You turn it on yourself and you think I'm not mm. good enough I'm that, I'm that. So look at the people that you kind of aspire to be like or the people that you wish you had a life similar to um, and and think, can I turn this around? Can I stop beating myself down and what about what that person is doing could I see as possible for me? And if I can see it, what can I learn from these people or this particular person? And another thing is I always look at my life and if I ever look at somebody who's doing something that I think, wow, I really want to be like that person or I really want to achieve what that person's got. I always ask myself, but do I want their life? Because it's Mm -hmm. very different to see one facet of someone's life and see what they've got and see what they're doing and then think, right, do I actually want every aspect of their life or am I just looking at one little facet of it? So for example, when I was younger, there were some of my friends that were like really, really successful around me. And I just absolutely was just not, not, not hitting the mark. Things just were not sticking. You know, I would try a blog this, I'd try sell this, nothing was working for me. And so I'd look around and I'd, I'd feel jealousy and I still loved them. Like I wasn't angry, but I'm just like, oh, I really want to be like that. But even then, even in my early twenties, I would ask myself, but do I want their life? And I'd look at my life and the people that I have, the connections that I had made, the friendships, the experiences, and I'd think I wouldn't give my life away for anything. So that that would then put me in a more comfortable situation. I'm like, it will come eventually and even if it doesn't, I've got a lot that I'm already, you know, grateful for that's making me realise that I'm only looking at one facet of someone's life that I'm jealous of. But when you look at the bigger picture, you start to feel less incompetent. You start to feel like I do have a lot to, you know, I'm a good friend. I've got a great family. Or even if you don't have a great family, I've got good connections outside of the family. I I do this for people. I, you know, I've got a lot to stand on. I can, you know, 
people come to me for advice or people come to me for support. I can do a lot for people. You know, mm. one of the best ways to feel, you know, like less, I guess, hopeless or feel like you're not enough is to look at what you provide for the people around you. And you're going to realize that it's a lot more than you give yourself credit for. You look at yeah. why people talk to you, why people open up to you, and you realize that if they didn't have you, they would be missing out, you know? And we're mm. so quick to judge ourselves based on specific achievements, but it's so much bigger than that. 100%. I couldn't agree more with that. And do you think that for you personally, has social media in itself impacted your own self worth in any way at any point in your life? And do you like, my assumption is that potentially this happened once before but isn't so much now do you think that that's as a result of personal development that came around um like starting the podcast and things like that or before that yeah yeah so I used to prior to the podcast I was wanting to do a lot of like fitness stuff on my Instagram and I remember I would get like quite attached when a video would do well or when something would do Mm -hmm. well um I would get really really excited and then if something didn't do well I would just be in this like kind of flat self-judgmental mood and I wouldn't pinpoint it until I'd be like when did my mood change today and then I'd realize oh it's when I checked my video and I realized that the likes weren't great or I didn't get any comments on it and I'm like how is this impacting my Mm. day like this is literally impacting my mood for my day something that's online so then I decided okay if I'm not going to let the bad impact me I've also got to remove my attachment from the good you know I've got to look at it as this is just something that I do I enjoy the process of it but I've got to post that video or photo and be okay with any outcome and the outcome could be neutral, nothing great or bad happens, a bad outcome or a great outcome. If I'm still willing to post that photo or that video, regardless of the outcome, then I post it. If I'm attaching Mm. too much, it's got to do well, it's got to do well, then I'm not going to post it. I'm just going to like step it back. So then by the time the podcast rolled around, I was a lot more, I was, and it's so funny because when when you're less attached to the outcome of things, things do better. It's, I don't know how to put it, but it's so weird. Like I stopped getting attached to things doing really well. And when things would would do well, don't get me wrong, I was happy. I was like, oh, amazing. Like how well did that perform? And then I'd kind of, yeah, fine. But I wouldn't think I'm worthy now. I'm better now. I'm, you Mm. know, this is great. I'm now doing better at my career. No, it's not. It doesn't necessarily mean that there's going to be ebbs and flows. Things go up and down all the time. You know, I occasionally, you know, and not, not like more than occasionally, I check the charts to see how my podcast is going to look at which episodes are performing well to see which ones I need to do more of. So I'm always like looking at my stats. But if an episode didn't do well, I don't hate the episode. I think interesting that that one didn't do well. I wonder why, like I loved the content. Like it doesn't change how I feel about my work anymore. So I think you've just got to remove emotion from both good and bad. Mm. Because if you're emotional about the good, you're going to be emotional about the bad. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think another reason for that is when you stop worrying about it, you tend to just post or put content out that is the most aligned to what you're wanting to do originally anyway, because when you are worried about things like likes or engagement or whatever, you're constantly doing things based on other people's reaction Mm. or what they want or other trends that you're seeing. And so you're not sticking I guess like in alignment with the why or how you started it in the first place. But when you're not caring as much, you're just doing what you want to do. And so often I feel like that draws the right audience closer to you because they become fully aligned with whatever it is you're posting. And I guess are stuck in that niche that you 
mindlessly sort of created. <laughs> That's right. Like, I mean, Instagram or social media in general, but Instagram as, as an example, it's like this crazy world out there, right? And I feel like despite how much is out there and despite how much bad can come of it with people's like anxiety and mental health, I feel like I'm really optimistic about this generation coming through, the younger generation coming through, because they're a lot more they're just bigger on, wait a minute, stop editing your photos or wait a minute, what's wrong with a body that looks different to that? You know, this younger mm. generation coming through, they're a lot more self-aware than I was when I was in my 20s, for sure. You know, I look at 10 yeah. years ago and I look at now and it's just amazing that, yeah, okay, there's definitely a lot more and there is a lot of pressure, but there's this whole other side of it that's starting to really emerge that I'm quite excited and optimistic about because like you said now if you're really authentic and unfiltered and just who you are you can really attract that audience whereas if you look at Instagram kind of seven years ago as long as you were absolutely flawless and stunning with the most Mm. curated feed in the world that's how you were going to get a million followers you know it's changed like the tables are now turning that you could literally have what Instagram has had seven years ago. You could work your ass off for the most curated feed and you could be stunning. But if the content isn't engaging, if it's not, you know, if it's not this raw straight up where people are like, I'm connecting with you, then the chances of your account doing well are way lower, which I kind of think is really interesting and cool. Yeah, no, definitely. I completely agree. Like I think you can even see that in the trends and when I'm looking at like TikTok I feel because I'm like an avid TikTok watcher yeah (laughs) I feel like you can often see those things coming through so strongly and even just down to like makeup trends you know it used to be that you'd have real full-on like full face of makeup and now like that more natural look is the trendy thing and it's happening across all those layers of social media which I agree is really exciting it's really exciting and it's important that if you're someone that's a bit like oh I like Instagram but it gives me anxiety just sit down for a couple of hours one day and just cull who you're following and pay attention to it and start to start to look out for people that are going to make you feel good like that more unfiltered more unedited just rawer versions of themselves and start engaging with their content so that the stuff that's going to start coming up more on your feed the people that actually make you feel good about just being yourself and the people that don't you know you're not bombarded with stuff being like you need this product to be happy you need that's the shit you need to be getting rid of you know yeah exactly I I always say this as well and to be honest it's probably inspired a lot through listening to your content but I always say like curate your social media feed to Mm. reflect what it is you want to see or to be like or to feel like if you want to see and feel authentic and um you know comfortable and whatever curate your feed to reflect that and kind of change it out in seasons like you would your wardrobe you change it out for seasons change your social media out to fit the type of stage you're in definitely definitely and and there are some amazing you know influences or or content creators out there that are just so big on that on on you know body image or or mm. and not even just when it comes to physically but also achieving goals there are now accounts that are, are more raw and real about it and it's not this flawless journey to the top they you know they have no problem mm-hmm. talking about you know the downfalls that either in their past or currently when things don't go right I think it's really good to tap into that kind of information because then you think wait a minute 
things are possible for me. I'm looking at all these examples where people have just failed time and time again and I'm learning how they picked themselves back up from that instead of thinking like, wow, that person was an overnight success. Yeah, okay, Mm. overnight success, that's great, but it's kind of like a lottery. A lot of people that we think are an overnight success We just didn't see the journey prior. We just didn't see it, but it's not an overnight success. I could even look at my podcast and think, wow, that did well really quickly. But the podcast itself could not have been created if it hadn't been for all the shit that I struggled through in my 20s, if it hadn't been for the seven years at uni. That's not overnight. You know, that's that's work. Me in tears to my mum before exams being like, "Ah," you know, like all that shit is is the quote unquote overnight success. So it's it's good yeah. to see that stuff. It's really it makes things more possible for you. You look at it and think, wow, I I can go through that. I've gone through like down, so I can definitely go through those ups. You know, it makes it very relatable, which I think is good. Yeah, completely. And when it comes back to the self-worth conversation, what's like a really common thing that you tell people, whether it's generally or through the podcast, that they often forget, um, I guess, to implement or to think about? I think a big one with self-worth is when it comes to your opinions and your – so, for example, I think a lot of people who have low self-worth are really, really easily swayed by what people around them think, say, or do. So then Mm. because of that, you then lose kind of track of what you want, who you are, what kind of opinions and values you have. So your worth goes down because your worth ends up being pinned on does this person like me, does this person like my idea, does this person like what I'm saying. And because you're just trying to please all these different categories around you, that person might be quite right-wing political, so I'm going to try and semi-align with that in this conversation. That person's going to be like uh, really environmentalist, so I'm going to kind of try and align. But what are you? You know, and I think people who have low self-worth are too terrified to say, well, I actually really like this or I actually really like that. I don't want to be considered an idiot though, so I'm just trying to like link on to everyone's opinions and ideas. But the opposite happens. They end up seeing you as a nice, bland person and they never think of you again because you just said, yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree, I agree. Instead of being like, I'm going to – and I'm not saying challenge an opinion if you actually don't want to challenge it. 100% like stick to what you believe in but – You're only going to start to discover your self-worth when you start to pause and say, wait a minute, what do I want? I need to stop like putting these people up on a pedestal, bring these people down. We're the same. We are the same. There's nothing that makes them that much better than me. So why do I have to be agreeing with them? Why do I need them to like me if the version Mm. that they're liking isn't me? It doesn't make sense. You're better off cutting the cord, getting them like realizing if that person likes you or not as quickly as possible because if they don't like you good bye on to the next you know and then you find your people and it's and like we were saying before it's not about them disliking you you might just not click and I feel that you start really valuing yourself when you think I'm going to stop for example if someone comes up to you and says oh what's with the outfit if you say oh yeah I know I didn't really know what to wear that's you lowering your self-value you can just turn around and say, well, I don't recommend you wear it, but I love it. That's it. You know, like something so simple as that. And then your value goes up. You think I backed myself. I clearly would not have worn this if I didn't want to wear it. I'm wearing it because I like it. Our styles don't align. It's that simple. But it's this little agreeing with people when they do it like an upbeat put down and you're like, yeah, true. You know, 
stop doing that. Stop agreeing. Learn how to create awkward silences when someone tries to put you down. You don't. You just stare at them. You don't have to respond. It's this idea of of realizing when you actually want to agree versus when you feel very uncomfortable so you agree to take the discomfort away from the moment. It's those little moments that start to build how you feel about yourself. Yeah, that's so right. I think like the more you allow, you know, you think, uh, I'll just let it go this one time and then like this one time turns into every time where you're just letting go of these little comments and suddenly you feel like shit and you have no idea why, but that's exactly why. Exactly. And you're agreeing and you and mm. you listen your your mind listens to what you say. Even if you're like, oh, I don't want to agree, but I'll just agree. Your mind still thinks, oh, well, you didn't stand up for me. You didn't yeah. this, you didn't. So then then when you're alone, you then start repeating what you're hearing. But if you start yeah. to stand in your own and just even if you don't have the balls in the moment to fully come up with a great one liner to hit back at them, you don't have to. You just don't have to agree. Just don't agree. Like simplify it. You don't have to be witty or funny. You can just mm. keep it real, really, really simple and just not agree. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And building on that, like is there a common theme or problem you see amongst people who listen to your podcast um, when it comes to their self-development? Because I feel like I can imagine that you would get lots of messages about probably the same issue or the same thing mm. that people tend to struggle with, like generally. What, what What is that and how do you suggest people overcome it? I think a lot of people's like really big problem is they don't know how to just take that leap to do the thing that they want to do, whether it's mm. quit a job, start studying something, moving somewhere is a big one. I think a lot of people feel very judged by their friends or yeah. family when they want to move somewhere or want to do something big. They feel that they just can't do it. And because of that, they're just not happy within themselves, within their abilities, within, I, I think it really, if you I think if people feel that they can't take that leap of faith and can't do that jump to what they want to do, then they're always in this limbo where they can't truly be happy or comfortable mm. with themselves. So the way I look at it is it kind of comes down to this idea of understand for yourself that nothing, nothing is permanent. Like nothing is permanent. Everything ends. Even if you're in a relationship that lasts for the rest of your life, that relationship will go through many phases. The phase you're in will end and it will evolve to another phase. The honeymoon period ends and it evolves to hopefully a different beautiful period, but it's not the honeymoon period. It's mm. You always have to look at life as just a constant state of impermanence. And if you can do that, then you become less attached to your current reality. And then you become more likely to be able to think, well, the situation I'm in is going to change whether I change it or whether external factors force the change. So I'd rather be in control and I'd rather be the one changing it because something's going to happen where either the job changes or a new manager comes in, I end up hating my job even more than I do now, or yeah. I get fired or, you know, so I might as well just quit the job while I like it to go to another job that I like. So I'm always enjoying myself. You don't have to wait till things get terrible to take mm. that leap. I think a lot of people think that they're going to turn around and regret it and feel even worse about themselves, but that's very unlikely. The only time mm. people regret things is if they keep too many options open. You have to make your decisions a little bit more irreversible. If you dive deep and you put things into practice so you can't turn around, you're way more likely, and this is like a psychology study that was done, you are way more likely to favor and be thrilled with the decision that you made 
But if yeah. you make your decision reversible, then you're in this constant, the grass is greener on the other side. I could yeah, jump back, I, I could jump forward. I could, And then you're never happy. You're never happy because yeah. you're always living outside of your current reality. So when mm-hmm. you're going to do something, when you want to build up your confidence or your self-esteem or your worth, Start making some big irreversible decisions and you will be happy. And the beauty of it is you're forced to take action. You're forced to move and grow. So here you are, you're growing, you're connecting, you've got purpose. All those three things that we spoke about earlier, you're now doing when you when you made this irreversible decision and you don't have time to sit and regret because even if that mm. decision doesn't work out, you've grown as a person. You wouldn't go back even if you had the chance. You would maybe look for a different job or maybe a different city to move to. Like the the opportunities you would realize are endless because you realize I was capable. It might not have worked out, but I'm resilient. I didn't die. I'm actually actually enjoying the journey and I'm going to try something else now. So it either works or it either pushes you to try something new. It's never a fail. Definitely. I think like also that taking ownership um, piece is so key because at the end of the day, wouldn't you rather have be control be in control of the, your own situation because you made that decision as opposed to having to try and yes. sort out the shit based on someone else making that decision on your behalf? That's right. That's right. And then you're kind of like you're always going to be at the mercy of things happening mm-hmm. around you. Like my dad says to me, you've got to be the person to chase change. Don't let change chase you. And it's so true. It's like don't yeah. wait. Don't wait for something to happen, good or bad. Do it yourself. You know, just go yeah. out there. And and this idea of failure, to me, failure, the word, only exists when you fail to take action. The mm. rest is just kind of things working out in a certain way or working out in yeah. another way. You know, you kind of, it will all work out, just maybe not how you specifically predicted it to. Yeah, and once you can do that, you can shape the direction. Yeah, and I'm all for having, like, of course have a goal. Know where you want to go. But be more flexible with how you're going to get there. You might get there in a way you never imagined possible. You know, like my dream was always I want to connect with an audience. I want to feel this certain feeling. I would have never thought that it would be having a podcast about neuroscience and mindset. I thought it would be through acting. Always think what feeling do I want to feel? What do I want to provide for people? And you'll realize that the career you want, it might strengthen that and you might be like, yep, this is exactly what I want to do, which is great. But then you might realize, wait a minute, there's five different options that I could go down and achieve that same result. So you always have to think what feeling do I want to feel and how do I want to make other people, like what do I want to provide for others? Is it comedy? Is it um, relief from something? Is it assistance? Is it just entertainment in general, inspiration? It could be anything. What you provide for people doesn't have to be direct help. It could just be you living really authentically and people get inspired by that. Oh, this has been so great. Thank you so much, Alexis, for your time today. Means no heaps to have you on. I know so many people are going to love this episode um, and I just feel really lucky to have you. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. That was awesome. Thank you. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you were able to take something valuable away. Um, Be sure to subscribe and keep up with the socials for further episodes at The One Up Project. And I'll catch you on the next one. Bye.